The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is a brand new year. We've got lots of exciting stuff going on. It's really amazing. I am really looking forward to 2017. So many things are happening in the world of child sexual exploitation and adult sexual exploitation as far as that goes. And also there's a lot of changes coming on in labor trafficking that they're taking on. This particular week, though, we are going to be talking primarily about sex trafficking in general. What Susie and I have been doing, and normally Susie's on with us, and uh, she's having a little challenge today, apparently, uh, so she isn't on with us. But what Susie and I have been doing is we wanted to start out this year by basically talking about human trafficking 101. Uh, we have a lot of new followers around the world, and I'm very, very grateful for each and every one of you. And it's always fun to get an email from you or to see you on our Facebook page and know that you're out there. So, uh, especially folks in Germany and the UK, we're really blown away by how many of you are starting to follow us. If you're from the US, you can call into the show. Now, we know that most people archive the show and, and get it through the archive. But if you want to call in live, it's 1-866-472-5788. Now, this show is run by Million Kids. I always laugh when I say that because it sounds like I'm saying me and kids, but it isn't. It's Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids. That's because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. It is not one million kids. It's not a million kids. It's just simply million kids. Now, you can contact me at opal at millionkids.org. My name is spelled O-P-A-L, opal. I know it's a strange word. <laughs> I've lived with it all my life. Anyway, and you can also pick up the archive shows at exploitedcrimes.com. Now, for those of you that are overseas, that word is spelled E-X-P-L-O-I-E. G-E-D, exploitedcrimes.com. If you go to Exploited Crimes, Susie Carpenter runs the Facebook page and also the webpage, does an amazing job. If you go to exploitedcrimes.com and go up to the listen section, and you'll scroll down and you'll see, you know, episodes and seasons, and there are probably 25 hours of recordings on there that you can access. 
it is a, a wonderful way to get training for what it's worth. That's the reason we do this. It is our desire to provide free human trafficking training all around the world, especially to missionaries that are overseas because as the kids in third world countries begin to get uh, technology and social media, they're going to really need to be have someone who understands it that can train them to keep kids safe. Well, before we get deep into human trafficking one-on-one, we are having a big uproar going on here in the United States about a new California law. And I really wanted to kind of address this this morning and take this on if you can. What happened is earlier last year, we had a law that passed called SB 1322. That stands for California Senate Bill 1322. And at the time, there wasn't much to do about it. In fact, I was kind of surprised to see this bill come through. California was one of the leading states that made it so that minors could not be charged with prostitution. And a minor in California is anyone under the age of 18. And actually, back in 2012, I've been in this business forever, so I remember when this happened, there was a state bill that was uh, um, agreed upon. It's actually a proposition that was voted on, and it basically it got 81% approval. It received that, and that's, that's wonderful to see the community involved. And it said that any time that a minor is engaged in commercial sexual exploitation, that word is called CSEC, especially if you're a social media, excuse me, a social worker, public health worker, mental health worker here in the United States, you really ought to learn that term. That is called CSEC, C-S-E-C. It stands for Commercial Sexual Exploitation of Children. And so basically it said that any time someone was engaged in commercial sex, which we would normally think of as prostitution, that they were automatically a victim. And as early on as 2012, our team, meaning the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force, and most of the task forces throughout all of California simply no longer arrested anyone that was engaged in CSEC or commercial sex if they were below the age of 18. So there has been a huge amount of effort put into educating law enforcement, the public. I know myself, I'm trained thousands. Uh, I'm thinking I'm somewhere between 60 and 70,000 people now. Personally, that I have trained, and I do a lot of training of government agencies and, and post-certified to train law enforcement, and I'm an instructor over at USC for... Uh, senior administration law enforcement training and also the Los Angeles Fire Training Academy. So I have done a lot of this and quite frankly, uh, we have found within here in, the, in California that most law enforcement have visualized that if you're under 18, that you're automatically a victim. Now that doesn't mean that we don't arrest you for other things, but what it does mean is that we perceive if someone's under the age of 18 that they cannot choose to be a prostitute. Now, this is tricky. What what happened here, and I'm going to talk about both sides of this argument that is going on because it's it's an interesting exercise to watch legislation try to mandate 
human behavior, if you will. And that, that is, in essence, what has gone on here. It is based on the idea that in California, the age of consent for sex is 18. Now, whoever wrote that law hasn't been in a high school in California lately because I'll tell you, I'm blown away. I spend time on high school grounds, and I can tell you that the age of consent is under 18, is is 18 and over, but I can tell you what. The reality is that with all the social media, with all the movies, with all the rap music that is going on, our kids are sexualized very, very early. So the concept here... The concept of the law is if you can't agree to uh, to sex until you're 18, then how can you agree to be commercially sexually um, marketed, if you will? In other words, you cannot choose to be a prostitute if you're under 18 because you can't uh, agree to sex. Now, what has happened is apparently uh, several of the legislators felt that that law needed to be enhanced. They needed to increase some of the the uh, fines that were on there, and they also were trying to make it so that uh, these young people can get services and also so they don't have to testify. Now, this is very, very important to look at because if you think about sex trafficking, especially in the United States, it is often looked at as a jurisdiction. In other words, I live in Riverside County. We are outside of Los Angeles County. And so what was happening in some of these laws is that the the young person would be forced into prostitution, but almost immediately that predator takes them over to San Bernardino County or Los Angeles or Orange County. They traffic them around, okay? They move them from county to county. They do that because of jurisdiction. Well, what was happening earlier is that they, that meant the victim was being forced to actually testify in each of those counties because the criminal activity took place in each of those counties. Well, I was very proud of our district attorney in Riverside County because they led the way in Sacramento to do away with that kind of problem so that now a girl only has to testify or a male only has to testify in one county if they're under 18. However, now this law says that they simply don't have to testify. They don't have to do anything. They are automatically a victim. Now, the theory behind this law was so that if a person under 18 was being exploited by commercial sex, meaning prostitution, that they were automatically a victim, they would not be treated like a criminal, and they would be made available lots and lots of, well, many, I guess lots and lots isn't a nice word to say, let's say many, a variety, a substantial breadth, uh, if you will, of other kinds of services to help them. In other words, they could get legal help, they could get psychological help, they could get safe haven, they could go into safe houses, and in fact, many safe houses are starting to pop up. Now, one of the things that was interesting with SB 1322 was it was connected to a bill that provided funding for victims. However, that part of the bill was dismantled and separated out, as uh, Jerry Brown said, that already $19 million in the state of California has been made available 
forced um, safe haven for um, safe houses. And, you know, here in Riverside County, we have just some amazing services. I work with Operation Safe House and Safe House of the Desert, and I believe with all my heart that there's some of the best out there. They are uh, pretty well funded. They have multiple facilities. They've expanded their services. They've been able to get several of these grants, and they're very sophisticated in their approach. But quite frankly, they can only take on about half of the issues that are out there. These are complicated subjects. We have now rebirth homes. Uh, Debbie Martis put that together, and she's an amazing woman, amazing. And, uh, and in her case, it's a small home that's getting started, but it's for adults. And we also have Run to Rescue that handles a wide range of cases, both adults and children. Now, over in L.A. and Orange County and, and also down in San Bernardino, they also have multiple facilities. But the idea of the program was that they would be victims and we would simply, if the girl was brought in and, and rescued from, from prostitution, they would be brought in, provided services, and then law enforcement would focus on getting the pimp or the predator. However, there's been some serious complications to this. One of the reverse parts of this bill is what they found is as they brought the girl in to be rescued, is the pimp would often sit on the curb and wait for the girl and then send a bottom girl or another one of his girls in and simply tell her, hey, you know, you talk to these people, we'll kill you or we'll kill your family. You get back out here. And in fact, she'll probably be punished for being caught. So what has happened is, is that this bill set it up, and, and even with Proposition 35, set it up so that we couldn't keep the girl. Well, there's a big argument going on here that I want to address, and they're going to give me a little more time on this section since we've had some technical problems, and so we're not going to go to break. I'm going to just wade right into this argument that's going on. So what has happened is, all of a sudden, as the bill took effect, where they thought that they were really protecting these victims, there is an opposing side of this that all of a sudden has written an article in Washington Examiner, and last night I saw this, this is written by Travis Allen. I believe that he's an assemblyman. I could be wrong on that, but I think he's an assemblyman here in uh, California, and he also appeared on uh, Bill O'Reilly last night. Now, for those of you that are overseas, you may not know the Bill O'Reilly show it is on Fox News, and I believe it is the largest single um, commentator-style show in America. So it has a huge following. So that was what drove me to take this on and, and kind of discuss it, because I'm getting literally, uh, you know, many, many people going, what do you think about this? How, how do you feel about it? Well, let me read you the official approach to this, and then we're going to back that up and talk about what the reality is. On the, on the pro side of this legislation, there is an article written by Caitlin Schauhorn. The title of that is, California is not actually legalizing child prostitution. And so in there, she states, the state of California has not legalized child prostitution, contrary to reports that you might read. Then she goes on about the law. And it says that, it, and this law was uh, presented in September 26, 2016, 
It is called Prostitution Decriminalized in California for Minors. And this is a headline that, uh, of an article she's quoting about does it decriminalize prostitution in the case of minors? An important distinction as the law aims to protect children by treating them as victims and not criminals. In fact, it bans police officers from charging minors with prostitution. Law enforcement officials will be able to take them into temporary custom custody, but under limited circumstances, including if there's an imminent threat to their lives, the sex trafficker will still be accountable for his uh, deeds. This does not mean that child prostitution is legal. It is still illegal for Californians to hire prostitutes, child or otherwise. And that is an important point. You know, we talk about that. Is Prostitution is illegal in California. I know there's a movement to legalize it, thinking they're going to solve the human trafficking problem in California. By the way, California is the number one state in the United States for human trafficking cases. And I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that legalizing prostitution is going to fix this. I'm doing a kind of a sidestep here, but I will tell you, we see legalized prostitution in parts of Nevada, and all it does is open up a haven to move more women up there who are often forced into prostitution. So I don't believe that legalizing it is going to help either. It's also in this law, sex traffickers will still face the consequences if they're caught prostituting children. The actual text of the bill, okay, I want you to hear this because this is what's at stake. Quote, unquote, existing law makes it a crime to solicit or engage in any act of prostitution. Existing law makes it a crime to loiter in any public place with the intent to commit prostitution. So, what does that say? It says, existing law makes it a crime to solicit or engage in any act of prostitution. Existing law makes it a crime to loiter in any public place with the intent to commit prostitution. This is the reason why many times what will happen is that you will see on there, you will see a loitering charge along with your prostitution charge because that is often connected in there. This bill will make the above provisions inapplicable to a child under 18 years of age who is alleged to have engaged in contact in conduct that would, if committed by an adult, violate the above provision. The bill would authorize the minor to be taken into temporary custody. So what is important here is that the bill was intended to provide safe haven to a victim of child sex trafficking. That is the important part. What has happened, though, is that we are being... um, bombarded, if you will, by Travis Allen and others with the reverse effect of it. And I'm going to tell you that I'm not sure that I disagree with him. Um, uh, This is not me taking a side or trying to pound a point home. This is me trying to get you to think out how all of this takes place and, more importantly, what you can do about it. His line was in Washington Examiner. The headline of his article was California Democrats Legalize Child Prostitution. And then Bill O'Reilly on the Bill O'Reilly show had Travis Allen on there. 
and did an interview with him. He's saying beginning January 1st, prostitution by minors will be legal in California. SB 1322, the same law we just discussed, he's seeing this law take effect differently. He's saying SB 1322 bars law enforcement from arresting sex workers who are under the age of 18 for soliciting or engaging in prostitution or loyalty, I can't say that word, with the intent to do so. So teenage girls and boys in California, according to his interpretation, will be free to have sex in exchange for money without fear of arrest or prosecution. Well, that's not untrue. I'm sure that the people who developed SB 1322 never thought about it that way, but it is not untrue. What he's saying here is that he believes the people who put this together are sincere in their belief that decriminalizing underage prostitution is good public policy and that it will help victims of sex trafficking. However, when you begin to legalize underage prostitution, it may have fatal defect endemic to progressive left policy making. Now, he is a um, conservative, and so he's demonizing the left. I'm not going to get involved in that, but I do want to take a look at his line of reasoning. It says, pimping and pandering will still be against the law, whether it involves running adult women or young girls. But legalizing child prostitution will only incentivize the increased exploitation of underage girls. Immunity from arrest means law enforcement can't interfere with minors engaging in prostitution, which translates into bigger and better cash flow for the pimps. And interesting enough, a friend of mine, somebody I highly respect and value, Alameda County District Attorney Nancy O'Malley, who is a real activist in her own and and an excellent individual, and I've really enjoyed knowing her in my time. She is a national leader on human trafficking issues. Her statement is it just opens up the door for traffickers to use these kids to commit crimes and exploit them, or even worse. Another prosecutor insightfully observed that if traffickers wrote legislation to protect themselves, it would read like SB 1322. So minors involved in prostitution are clearly victims, and allowing our law enforcement officers to pick these minors up and get them away from the pimps and into custody is a dramatically better solution than making it legal for them to sell themselves for sex. So let me tell you where I'm at on this subject, because because we're coming up against a hard break here. I think it's difficult to legislate sex, and I think it's difficult to legislate behavior. And I think that that's some of the challenge of what's going on. I admire everybody's efforts here. I know that everybody's heart is in the right place. But I also know that when we can no longer keep a girl, bring her in, and keep her in safe haven and get her to be able to detox from the drugs and get her safely away from the pimp, that she will, nine times out of ten, go right back out that door and get in the car that's waiting for her right outside that safe house. So it's a challenging, challenging problem. So I'm going to ask you to stand by. We're going to break.
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton well hello and welcome back we appreciate having you follow us we really really appreciate Knowing that you're out there, several of you have emailed me, and you can do that at opal at meandkids.org, anywhere in the world. I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing from the people overseas, especially, and having you share this with as many people as you can. Anybody can access the archive shows because of the time difference. We wanted to set this up so that, by the way, you also can archive the show. If you're a nonprofit or if you're a church or synagogue or ward, ask us for an embed code, and you can put this on your own website and share that. And it literally right now has like 25 hours of human trafficking training on a variety of subjects. So we would love to hear from you. We are talking about a new law that has taken place in California that's just causing all kinds of controversy. Now, why this might be important for you if you're out of California or even in another country is I want you to see the challenges of trying to legislate this activity. Basically, what has happened here is uh, that we have a law that says if you're under 18, you can no longer be arrested for prostitution. And it seemed like a really good idea, I'm sure, to all the people who put it through, because what was happening is for the longest time, law enforcement would arrest the minor because basically she's easy prey. You know, she's easier to get than that pimp. And so for years and years, the minor would get arrested, and she was the victim. She was the one that was being controlled, beat, victimized, and like that, and the pimp would run free. So about 2012, we changed the law on our Proposition 35 that says, no, we no longer arrest her. But that didn't really work as well either because what was happening is we would bring her in to safe haven, but because she's now a minor, we can't keep her. And, you know, if you have done any work with human trafficking, you know these kids are literally, literally groomed. And this is the 
this show this week was supposed to be an extension of Human Trafficking 101, where we really get into the weeds of that whole process of Romeo pimping and gorilla pimping and social media grooming and like that. But we're going to we're going to do a series of these, so we will get to that yet next week. But what we were finding there is is that we would these kids. Either they're fallen in love with this guy and he's groomed her and, you know, for months and months and months so that she's absolutely brainwashed and she is like a magnet. And then he turns on her and he begins to beat her and it becomes the domestic violence kind of syndrome. In other words, he accepts her, rejects her, accepts her, rejects her. And, you know, he rewards her and then he punishes her. And if she does really good, he can, she can sit in the front seat. But if not, then he puts another girl in the front seat, and you're back to the back as, you're, as you try to get back up on that pedestal. So what happens here, that, that is basically the behavior involved in Romeo grooming or in gorilla pimping. It's just simply violent. You know, they know that, that they'll kill you, that they'll electrocute you, they burn you, they cut you, they gang rape you, they gang sodomize you. And so you're terrified. And if you've been picked up by the law enforcement, you know you're in trouble. So what I believe the right answer is, this is my line of thinking, this is Opal's opinion. If you're still with me, you'll, you get this for free. But I believe what they should have done here is literally require that a minor, when they're picked up, be put into at least 14 days of rehabilitation. And uh, in which case they are treated like a victim, but they are not free to go right back out on the curb and get in the car with the guy because this is not working. What, what has happened now and what Tim, is his name Tim Allen, I can't remember now here, is saying that the guy that's opposed to all of this, what he believes is actually going to happen, and, and I think that there could be some truth to that, is that literally what will happen is he that she will she will go right back to him and he literally will prey on young people as opposed to older girls that are in the life because he knows that they can't be picked up. Now, the opposing point of view to the argument is, well, hold it, they haven't done away, they haven't done away with um, charging the guy. And in fact, quite frankly, Charging the pimp, you can get some very long sentences. I just remembered his name was Travis Allen, not Tim Allen. That's a movie star. Anyway, uh, but what Travis's point is, is that when they know they're not going to be charged, they're going to prey on more and more girls. Well, the argument against that is, well, yes, but they, we haven't done away with the sentencing. They have some very long sentences and some very big fines. However, that isn't necessarily a good argument either because what will happen is that these pimps know exactly how to be able to um, manipulate these girls. And basically what they will do is start making 17-year-olds bottom girls. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, a bottom girl is uh, they can... It, it, there's not a box that these all fit in, you know, nicely and neatly. But in essence, a bottom girl is a girl that's in the life from a very young age. And she's doing prostitution. Many times they're still doing prostitution at the time. And they manage the other girls. They recruit. They manage the money. They set up the hotel rooms. They do the back page ads and like that. 
So what I'm predicting, and I'll go along with Travis Allen on this, is basically what you're about to see is that the pimp will start to bring on lots of underage girls and guys, but underage girls, it's about one to five. I often get that question, how many guys to girls in ratio, about one to five guys of being trafficked. But they will prey on the underage kids, the runaway kids, the kids that are easily manipulated and like that. And they will probably have most of the activities, such as buying the back page ad, collecting the money and like that, controlled by a 17-year-old that they control. And so it will limit their liability. So I don't disagree with what Travis Allen is saying on here. I don't also disagree with the intent of the law of what they were trying to accomplish by building uh, SB 1322. I just don't think it's going to work out for them the way they want. Now, the key to this, number one, is education. And, of course, me and kids is deeply, deeply involved in that. And I would hope that if you're following us around the world that you will consider looking at this model. What I really believe must be happening here to make this work right is that we really need to set it up so that they get some sort of mandatory uh, at least 14 days. I'd like to see 30 days, but that's probably not realistic. But at least 14 days where they are put into a rehab program. And the reason for that is, number one, most of these kids are drugged, and they need time to detox. Number two, if that pimp is forced to be separated for 14 days, you might have a chance to really get through to the girl. This is the reason why I think you need 30 days, because it'll take at least seven days just to detox on this thing. But I believe that it's really, really important to get them separated. Now, there are times, quite frankly, I'm going to tell you, the truth of the reality is, you know, our law enforcement really has a hard challenge with these cases. I want you to think about what it's like to be a cop, to be someone that's a member of a, of a human trafficking task force. In the first place, they're dealing with minors who have, many of them have no other place to go because they're homeless or they're runaways or they're in the system. 72% of of people that are reported, of minors that are reported as runaways in uh, the United States are from the system. Now, that's a skewed number because, quite frankly, if you're in the system, they have to report you if you run away, but that tells you how many are runaways and how many are vulnerable. So I believe that, that what's really important here is that you do treat them like, like victims, but if you're a cop, think about this. You have a 14-year-old. She's on drugs. She's got a nasty attitude. She's probably been shoplifting. She might be... Uh, absolutely rebellious. She's convinced that this pimp is going to save her. She needs his approval, and she has no place to go back to. So this girl is in a vicious cycle of self-destruction. And so one of the things that will happen here is if she's heavily drugged, sometimes they will arrest her for drugs for drug use, just to get her to safe haven. If she's involved in shoplifting, they will arrest her for that to get her away from the pimp. But, you know, the alternative to that is detention. It's juvenile hall. And in most juvenile hall programs, there is no rehabilitation going on. 
And I talked to a judge about that. He said, that's one of the first problems. We have them. What kind of services are being offered? So if you're going to give $19 million to human services, let's give some of it to creating rehab programs in juvenile hall so that we can actually do some good of helping these kids, number one, detox, and number two, sort through who they are and and help them start to rebuild self-image and dreams. Now, that's going to take more than 14 days, but I don't know if you can get a law through for more than 14 days. But, you know, right now, our cops are doing the best they can to try to provide these girls with safe haven and services. But the SB 1322 makes it so we can't keep them. So you see what I mean by this being a complex problem? a difficult problem to resolve just by passing legislation. This, we are literally trying to control the behavior of a 14-year-old who's on drugs and in love with a pimp by legislation. I mean, good luck. <laughs> Forgive me for... But, you know, this is a challenging and complex problem. And one of the things that we really want to discuss, I can tell right now it's going to have to be a different session, but we do need to... You know, that each, we need, need to look at the fact that each of these cases are different. Is this girl out there because she has no other place to go? And can we give her a place to go if we can actually get her detox and begin to talk to her? Uh, you know, putting these sentences on, you know, in the past, I agree that, that what has happened is these girls have been brought in and they've been charged and then, you know, now they're re-victimized again. First, they're victimized as a victim. They're, they're forced out there into prostitution. They're being highly violated over and over and exploited. And now they have the record. They have the criminal record, not the pimp. So I don't disagree with the intent of SB 1322 because now she's not only been victimized, she's being victimized by the system and by the law. And so that is the intent here is, number one, she doesn't have to testify against her pimp. Number two, she doesn't, um, you know, she, she won't have that stigma all her life of having a record for prostitution. So laws are being created where she can go in and get that expelled and get that taken off. But that does not fix the problem. We have a very broken victim here that we're trying to legislate her behavior, and her services. And none of this is really, really working out for us. And so I want to help you understand the complexity of this issue and the challenge of what it's going to take here to try to help this young lady, especially a young lady, because you have someone who is truly, truly broken. She's broken from the system, She's broken from her pimp, and now we're trying to legislate that she's now a victim, which allows her to immediately re-enter that world of self-destruction and, and that cycle that's evolving on this. So we have some real challenges on this. Well, it's that time again. We're up against a break. We appreciate our sponsors, and we're going to ask you to stay with us, and we'll go to break, and we will... Be right back.
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com seduced the grooming of america's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton well hello and welcome back this is exploited crimes against humanity this is operated by millionkids.org And we would like you to go to Facebook and like us at Million Kids. We don't care where you are in the world. We want to know who you are, what you're doing, and like that. Let us know about yourself. uh, You can email me at opal at millionkids.org, O-P-A-L at millionkids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N dot org. And also, we would encourage you to share the archive shows because it is the best way for you to to educate other people. Well, we've been talking about our new law in California and about how we're trying to legislate the care of victims uh, of, of sex trafficking. And we are basically talking about child victims, anyone under the age of 18. It's an interesting thing. I want to uh, begin to move back into Human Trafficking 101 because uh, we had started last week a series, Susie Carpenter and myself, a series of just giving you the basics of human trafficking because it is a very complex subject. Um, You know, I always laugh. I get invited out to rotaries and they give me 20 minutes. I'm like, I can't even spell human trafficking in 20 minutes. This is much more complex than people realize. And I, I really appreciate it if you're still listening to this episode because I want to be able to begin to share with you just how complex it is working with it. You know there's no such thing as a, a typical human trafficking case. I mean, I hear that all the time. And by human trafficking, I'm going to eliminate right now labor trafficking. We've done that in other shows. And migrant trafficking, we've done that in other shows. And I will get back to those because labor trafficking is very, very important. But I'm in essence talking about adult and, and child sex trafficking. And, you know, it's interesting. I listen to victims and survivors talk, and they are absolutely my heroes as they are willing to tell 
the stories of exploitation that is just beyond comprehension and very, very difficult to listen to as I listen to their stories. But one of the things that I want to caution you as you listen to that is that that is that survivor's story. And it's very, very important, very, very valuable. But it doesn't mean that all stories are identical to that. And this is one of the reasons we encourage you to follow me and kids on Facebook. Because we want you to see all the different ways that this can take place. Sometimes it's a kid that's in a broken home and it starts out and they're 11, 12, 13, 14 years old and they fall in love with a guy. And he does the Romeo grooming. We'll get deep into that next week, I promise. Or sometimes it's a girl who's 14 or 15 and she meets another girl at school and that girl is a bottom girl and she recruits her and immediately sells her into a gang. And bam, that girl's life has changed forever. And it took place in a very, very short period of time. So one, it was like a lifetime buildup. In other words, uh, 60% of kids that are in prostitution come from foster care. That is a whole way, you know, that has a background on it. At least 70% of these kids were previously sexually molested. So we know that's a common denominator. But I've seen cases where you have a girl who's 19 and she's off to college and, you know, drop dead beautiful and the next thing you know, some guy comes along and offers her a job in modeling or in a rap video or in a in a commercial video and will actually make the video and make them believe that they're into a real modeling career and then begin to lure them in. Sometimes you'll have someone who a, a woman who's divorced and uh, beaten down emotionally. And then she thinks that she's going to start off by camming or participating in pornography. And the next thing you know, she's in there in being involved in this. Sometimes it's someone here from a foreign country who believes they don't have any other options. There's all kinds of scenarios. Sometimes these kids are sold in brothels. Uh, sometimes they're sold in apartment buildings. Sometimes they're sold on the Internet, like Backpage or Craigslist or some of the more pornographic sites. Sometimes they are taken out to motels, and motels sometimes are complicit, and other times they report. There was a great story this week. I don't know if you saw that on our Facebook page. There was an Uber driver discovers underage prostitution in Elk Grove. He was an Uber driver, and he recognized that this girl was about 16, and he realized she was being controlled by two other women. Now, here's a guy who's smart enough to understand that not all women are safe women. And we did an entire series on this where we talked about when women were the perpetrators because in about 60% of our cases involve another woman that's on there. And you will see that as you, um, as you begin to follow um, me and kids on Facebook, that, that not all women are victims. Some women are perpetrators on this. But he was able to watch this girl and realize that they were meeting a man at a hotel and he realized that he was, she was probably being forced into sex. And so he dropped him off and he reported. Now that's success. 
you know, and we will see this sometimes with hotel operators. Not all motel operators are complicit. Many of them will watch and go, you know, this is not normal activity I'm seeing going on, and I need to report that. And that is the goal of me and kids, and I hope you yourself in that you will educate yourself so that when you see it, you recognize it, and you know how to go about reporting it so that we can begin to keep young people safe. On top of it, we want to be able to talk to our young people so that they're not easy prey. Uh, one of the things that I'm currently doing is that I'm building a new presentation that has to do with uh, the new technology that's out there because I'm telling you te- this technology is going to make access to our kids absolutely just a nightmare for parents and law enforcement. So one of the things that's really, really important in these laws as you look at it is to understand the complexity of how these kids and adults get lured in and so that we can begin to keep them safe. The challenge with this law is is by the time the law takes effect and the girl is out in the life, that she has already been heavily, heavily violated and is really not capable of clear and cognitive reasoning. And so just declaring her to be a victim and letting her free is not going to solve this problem. We are going to need to take a look at this. I need all of you out there that are listening today to begin to understand the need for long-term intervention of these people and not just declaring them victims and setting them free. By the time a child is picked up in this, they're drugged, they're brainwashed, they've probably been gang-raped, gang-sodomized, they're terrified out of their mind, many of them have no place to go, and they need serious long-term intervention. Setting them free isn't going to be the answer. So... This is Opal Singleton. I'm with me and kids. I thank you so much for listening to these broadcasts. I hope that they are helpful. I hope that you will let me know what you would like to hear. Next week, we are going to pick up and we're going to go back into the basics, the basic human trafficking 101. This is grooming. This is, this is uh, the marketing of it. And this is the challenges with it. So I hope that you will share this program with many other people. I also want to encourage you to follow us at Me and Kids on Facebook and let me know who you are. I really appreciate your involvement with this. This is a major worldwide problem. It is going on everywhere. And as technology becomes more and more complex, I'm going to tell you that the availability of our young people to a predator is about to increase a thousandfold. And we are going to do a show on that very subject sometime in the near future. Well, thank you for tuning in with us today and listening to this broadcast, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.